Welcome to Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joe Nebostinsky, and today I'm joined by Marie Nestor. And Marie is a member of St. Anne Byzantine Church in Harrisburg. Welcome. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, we really do appreciate you uh, spending a little bit of time here at Holy Family Radio. So, first of all, I'd just like you to maybe let our listeners know a little bit about who you are. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. I'm going to start by saying I'm a member of St. Anne Byzantine Catholic Church. And I have been a member of St. Anne Byzantine Catholic Church since it started. It was organized in 1963, which means we're coming up to our 60th anniversary very shortly. So I have a lot of experiences with that. I, My family is of Eastern Catholic tradition. My parents went to the Ukrainian Catholic Church. Um, my husband's parents went to the Ruthenian Church. When they started the Byzantine Church in Harrisburg, uh, they did contact the Ukrainian Church and the Ruthenian. There are two different eparchies, but still in the Eastern Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. And it was the Ruthenian church that offered a priest to come out and help with the organizing. So that's how St. Anne's Byzantine Catholic Church became under the Ruthenian jurisdiction. But actually, many members are formerly of the Ukrainian church, too. So we're all Eastern mm-hmm. Catholics. I'm interested in the building. It's a beautiful building. How did the building get there? Well, originally we had... I might be getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Um, Originally, um, my parents, when they moved to the Harrisburg area, uh, friends of theirs from their younger days, the Yastyashak family and the Yarishak family, uh, they got together and they thought thought that working together, they could get the church started. But prior to that, we had other members of our church trying to get a church started. It's, It's a difficulty. Even in those days, it was. So the building, we had no building. We really had nothing. But we had a priest, and that's important. And we had a relic of St. Anne, and that is important. So in 1963 is when we started having services in different Catholic churches. And we thank the Roman Catholic Diocese for allowing us. We were at St. Margaret Mary's Church. We thank the fire companies. We would go to the Penbrook Fire Company and have liturgies, and we'd go out to the American Legion out in Lingalstown. So we would bring our icons in and, and set up the chairs and tables we became a family that way because we needed to work together to turn this hall into a church. And eventually, uh, Father Michael Shear was, um, he became, he was a priest at St. Anne's Church for 40 years. But prior to Father Shear, we had other priests and Father Abelenik was the one we had when they started building our social hall where we have our Slavic festival. If you, if any of you, if you were there, I hope you had a good time at the, in that hall is where we had our liturgy, but it was also our social hall. So once again, we were still setting things up. We were putting the icons in the front and then taking them down and turning it into a social hall, which my sister's wedding was the first wedding in that building. And all of the guests had to walk out the front door and stand in front of the building while all the prisoners and helpers put all the chairs around the tables. And then we walked back in and, and polka band was there. Wow. So, so you have a connection to this church in so many different so ways. So many different ways. And then my family, we moved back to the St. Clair area 
at the time when the new church was getting built. So the new church was getting built in the 70s. And then we finally in the 70s had our church building and we had our social hall. Wow, that's an amazing story. Yeah, I know for us, uh, my church, I go to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, and initially that uh, group of people from that parish actually went, it was before, just before we moved to the area, but they were having their masses at a Lutheran church and, and yeah. until they were able to get that building right. built. So, yeah, I know that happens a lot of times when you, you have a congregation first, you have a group of people, and then a building. Because really that's what our church is. It's people. It's not a building. But in your case, you have a beautiful building. I mean, tell us a little we bit do. about the building. We do. Before I go on, I just want to say that I said we're like a church family. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about founders of St. Anne's, we have a lot. Mm-hmm. We have the ones that tried before uh, the church started, then the, the initial group, then we have the group that worked on the, on the building. So we, our whole church was they were all founders mm-hmm. <laughs> initially. Our building itself is definitely falls the eastern on um, eastern tradition. In fact, I worked on a textbook series that the the priests would suggest we take pictures at St. Anne's Church because we followed the Eastern tradition. And a lot of the pictures in the textbook ended up coming from the St. From Anne Church. Our icons were written, and we, we say our icons are written because they are uh, it's scripture. It would be for the people who weren't able to read. They were reading, they were listening to the priest reading the gospel, and also the icon had that event taking place right in front of their eyes. Our icons uh, were written by Father Igor Sindler from Paris, France. We're the only church in the United States that have, uh, that has icons that he wrote on the walls. And that was an amazing, amazing project. I was not here during those years, but what I've been told, they're canvases that were in our church basement. He would do the painting in our church basement and then parishioners working together would carry the, let's say, uh, the uh, picture of the last judgment. I, uh, the canvas is on the wall. If you come to see our church, if you look at an angle, you could see the icons are not painted on the wall. They're painted on a canvas that is attached to the wall. So the basement of our church became the artist's studio. Wow, which is actually a prayer room then, right? It is. It is. Wow. And and uh, Father, anyone who does iconography, definitely uh, they do it through prayer. Mm. They do it through prayer. So after the main icons were done, after that, we had other iconographers come in and, and other sections that needed to get done. Our altar screen, the icon screen that is in the front of our church, we have a priest, Father Joseph Loya, who was in the Eastern Catholic Eparchy. His father did the carving of the wood on the icon screen. So when Father Loya is at our church, he always refers to it. And this time he shared his father would go out into the grapevine and get a, a grape leaf and bring it in and carve it to that leaf. So he said the leaves on the icon screen are carved based on real leaves that he did. He said, we didn't see my dad for about two and a half years because wow. it was always working on the icon screen. Wow, that's amazing. Now, there are, there's a lot of confusion, I think, with the different rites in our Catholic Church. So maybe you can maybe address a little bit some of that confusion between the Byzantine rite versus the, the Roman rite, because I know that some of our listeners may be confused about that. Okay. Initially, in Christ's time, there were five churches. 
called the Roman Church was one. Uh, then Antiochian and and Constantinople is one. Of, they they were equal in churches coming together for um, the councils and eventually uh, the the Roman Catholic the church in Rome okay the bishop of Rome which is what we call the pope in our textbooks mm-hmm. the bishop of Rome also became the uh, one who follows in Peter's footsteps. So that is the Pope. But all the churches are of Catholic tradition, which means we are able to receive communion. uh, As long as we're in communion with the Pope, we may receive communion at each other's churches, in the Roman Catholic Church, in the uh, Ukrainian, Ruthenian, Romanian, as long as we're in communion with the Pope. Now, the traditions are what changed. Our tradition comes from Constantinople. So that is the reason we have the iconography. When it comes to the liturgy, very uh, the similarities are there. The liturgy of the Word and uh, the liturgy of the Eucharist. So if you're listening intently... You'll, you'll know you're saying the same prayers. In our Eastern Catholic Church, we have um, at St. Anne's Church, every liturgy is sung. So if you would go to an 830 in the morning liturgy, uh, we will be singing at that liturgy. And in our liturgy, we have a lot of litanies. And those litanies are prayers for people. And we pray for the Pope. In fact, a Roman Catholic friend said one time, wow, you pray for the Pope more than we're, we have <laughs> in our liturgy. So it's just the prayers that are there, but said differently. So mm-hmm. our litanies are short little prayers followed by Lord have mercy. And in Church Slavonic, that was Hospiti Pomiloi. And a lot of times that's the way people knew our church is the Hospiti Pomiloi Church or the Lord have mercy. And then the Eucharist, we receive... Uh, with, well, the bread that is in the chalice that has wine. Since the pandemic, we are receiving communion off of a wooden spoon that is a different spoon for each person. So if there's concern sometimes for that, uh, our church was concerned too. We want everyone to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So that is the tradition that, that we follow with the bread and the wine given off a spoon. And right now, during mm-hmm. this time period, it's a wooden spoon. Yeah. Ordinarily, Normally, it's a metal thing. A metal spoon. Right. And the priests are very good at just not having the spoon touch our mouth, mm-hmm. but just the bread. It's get kind of dumped in, right? <laughs> right, right. Just the, the body and blood of Christ mm-hmm. we receive, right? So the communion uh, prayers are, are different. We have a very long prayer, we say. But if you're listening to the words, we're basically saying the same in in all the Catholic churches. Wow. Well, I, I kind of interrupted you, so please go go on from where you were at. I don't know where you were at, but continue. Okay. <laughs> also part of our tradition is to stand during a lot of the liturgy. And some people um, have difficulties with back problems, so they could sit. They they don't. Some people say, well, I can't go to church because my back hurts. Well, you could sit. It's all right. And the reason is we're in celebration of the risen Christ, so that's the reason for the standing. We do kneel. We kneel during the great fast. And that is the time of repentance and sorrow. Mm-hmm. But our Sundays are resurrection days. We're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. So we are standing in church. 
And, and, and then we do sit in some parts, but most of the time we're standing, especially during the Eucharist, we're standing because we're in the presence of the Lord. So do you have kneel- kneelers in your church? We do. Yeah, we have kneelers, and and uh, there are people that uh, use them, which which is fine. Mm-hmm. No one is. Everyone needs to um, uh, worship God in her, their heart. And a lot of times, what we were uh, taught goes way back. So kneeling goes back to my childhood. We would kneel then. It's. Uh, it's discovering the traditions from the past that uh, just, I'd say, within the last 20 years, really, we started following more of the Eastern tradition, and that's when the standing stood, a standing took place, but it was kneeling before that. So there are kneelers, so if people would want to kneel, because mm. that is their tradition, there is not a problem with that whatsoever. Well, my enemy, the clock, is telling us we have to take a break. So everyone, please stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Ebistinsky, and we're right in the middle of a conversation with Marie Nestor, and she's from St. Anne Byzantine Church in Harrisburg. Thank you, Joe. And I'd like to jump ahead a little to uh, to help those of you who want to know more about the Eastern Church. We have a website, and I'd like to say it, God with us online, G-O-D-W-I-T-H-U-S online.org. Now, when I say we, that is the whole Eastern Catholic Church. The priest that has organized this and, and keeps it going is in California, uh, Father Hezekiah, and he is a Melkite priest. That's one of the Eastern Catholic churches that's uh, in in uh, union with the Pope. On that, in that series, uh, he has different speakers coming in, about an hour uh, presentation, and then questions and answers. That series is online uh, throughout throughout the winter. It, we, it didn't have any um, anything happening during the summer, but they have a library that you could go back and listen to some of the lectures. In that same at that same site, you could find textbook series and other books that you might be interested in purchasing. And and that doesn't get out very much. People might want to know about our church, and they don't know where to go to find a book about it. At that at that uh, site, they also have a textbook site where they have textbooks for the the Catholic programs in the schools. And I uh, was part of the writer and editor and worker uh, working with the textbook series. It's called God With Us Publications. I was uh, fortunate to have met someone from York, Pennsylvania, who was working on it, and I offered my services as an English teacher. I am an English instructor, adjunct instructor at Hack. So when I got started, it turned into a much bigger project for which I'm most grateful. I started as a copy editor and I ended up working with writing it. The series itself is based on the original series that was started in 1970. There were no Eastern Catholic Church textbooks for students to learn. So we were uh, using the Roman Catholic books. A group of priests and sisters and bishops got together and those churches that I mentioned, Romanian, Melchizedek, 
Ukrainian Ruthenian, got together as a group and they decided on what goes into each level of textbook series. So the series was from preschool right up to eighth grade. And from what I hear, some of the sisters who worked on it and priests, they said they have many long hours because they needed to figure out what goes into what book from the Eastern tradition. Those books were used until 2000. At 2000, they decided to update the books and add color. And then that's when I got involved with it. So the pictures throughout the book are in color and they're taken from local churches and some churches from Canada. We have a very large church up there, Eastern Catholic Church up there. And you'll see St. Anne's Church in many of the books because I was working on it. And if I would call them photo shoots and mm-hmm. the students that were in the classroom, I'd ask them to come up and we would take uh, pictures, lighting candles and and then the explanations in there. Also, we have teacher manuals that go with it. So any of you who are homeschooling and you'd like to do some um, research on Eastern Catholic Church, you could order whatever grade levels. The preschool grade level has hands-on activities that are included in it. In We also have a catechism of the Ukrainian Catholic Church is what it's called. And the book is called Christ Arapaska. This book came out after the Roman Catholic Catechism that mm-hmm. came out. And the Christ our Pascha Catechism uh, explains a lot of the Eastern traditions, just as the Roman Catholic Church does, and the Catholic traditions. It's mm. not just talking about icons, it's talking about Catholicism, but the perspective coming from the Eastern tradition. I, I think um, any of you who would want to learn more, any of these resources would be useful, but I definitely would suggest attending one of those uh, sessions that they have on a lot of information there. That's really good. Maybe what we can do is we can put a link from that website on our website at Holy Family Radio to make it easier. That would okay? be wonderful. Yeah, we can do that. Okay? That really would be good. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't realize how you were so much involved in this process. That's a, an amazing gem that we have right here uh, in our diocese, <laughs> right in our area. Thank you. So. Thank you. Well, I've also worked with the Ukrainian Church on videos. Mm-hmm. We have videos on the uh, the mysteries. We we call the sacraments the mysteries, our encounters with Christ. And the newest one that came out is on anointing. And the process is so fascinating. I worked with um, a sister out of the, out of the Philadelphia Ukrainian uh, eparchy. The priest from Australia, Ukrainian priest from Australia, worked on the text and we priests throughout the United States. So all of our textbooks, all the resources we offer, they're uh priests and sisters and bishops from all over the world that are involved. And then the textbooks were translated into uh, Ukrainian for Ukraine and South. uh, we have a a Ukrainian church in South America. So we're also translated to be used down there. Wow. That's an amazing, an amazing amount of information that you're sharing with us. (laughs) Now, as far as you go, you've been, uh, you're Catholic your your whole life, right? Yes. So you've been, you kind of led led me to believe that at least. Uh, Do you have a favorite Catholic saint or a Catholic figure? I do. St. Anne. I figured you were going to say that. You know, I was going to guess that, but uh, what can I say? Yes, um, yes. St. Anne. And my and my husband and I prayer, say the prayer to St. Anne. Uh, and we said the prayer to St. Anne at every church service when St. Anne Bistin Catholic Church was starting. We have a statue of St. Anne at entranceway into the office 
at our church out on 5408 Locust Lane. And it is the statue that we prayed in front of the prayer to St. Anne. And my, my dad, I invited him down to speak to my high school students one time and about starting a church. And he said, we prayed for a church and we got a cathedral. <laughs> he is, he was just so proud of it. And also with, um, working with all the people of the area, our, our priests found out that a lot of people did not know about the Eastern Catholic Church. So initially, we would have seminars, Saturday morning seminars. So when we do anniversary books, we see a lot of uh, sisters and priests in our hall. And our priest is talking about the um, the vestments. And uh, so it it's amazing. We think everyone knows about our church now because of our festival. A lot of people don't know about our church. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Well, you mentioned a little bit that you were an adjunct uh, instructor at Hack. Can you ask a little bit, just a few sentences about your background, how you ended up, I mean, you told us a little bit about, a little bit about your background. Okay. I was a high school English teacher for nine years Mm -hmm. in St. Clair, Pennsylvania coal regions and we moved to the Harrisburg area and I I've been published in um a, it was called a prize magazine in Harrisburg. So I have been published in different places. And that's when I applied at Hack. I felt as if I needed to get published first before I could apply there. And I've been teaching at Hack since adjunct instructor. And as adjunct instructor, it's as they need me for different courses. And that gave me the opportunity to work on these textbooks, which mm-hmm. I would not have had that chance if I were a full-time instructor. So I was lucky in both ways. Yeah, the older you get, the more you realize how valuable time is. Would it you agree? Is. It is. It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really it's a tough thing sometimes to juggle all the things that you want to do versus the things you have to do. But there's some things you just have to make time to do, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Well, uh, tell us uh, your your church. Your church has a website also, and that's it's saintannebiz.org, correct? Uh, correct. Yes. You, you may want to repeat that slower, right? Okay. <laughs> Saint S T A N N B B-Y-Z dot org. And our website has our weekly liturgies listed. It has the events that are going on with links to a lot of these places. So if you didn't get some of the things that I said, there are links at our website. Yeah, that's one of the things I, we're really happy to have St. Anne Byzantine Church as one of the supporters here at Holy Family Radio. So please send our thank yous back to your church also. And who, who is the priest that you have there now? You were talking about a bunch of priests earlier. Who, who do you have there now? Father Talas Lovska, mm-hmm. who is from Ukraine. And we are very blessed. He has many services that uh, we hadn't had for a while. We have matins before the Sunday liturgy. We have vespers Saturday night before. And in the Eastern tradition, we start praying the night before in preparation. So as you attend vespers, you you know what the gospel is going to be around, about because you see the prayers that you're praying. And then the next morning, you start with the matins and into the liturgy. Plus, we have our uh, liturgies for feast days. All of you are invited for our our feast days, and they'll also be listed on our website. Yeah, I was going to... ask you if you could maybe invite our listeners to come to your church. What would they, what would they see when they came? Okay, I would, uh, first of all, please do come. Please do come. Uh, we have our, our church doors are open 
Our booklets sometimes are um, a little difficult to follow, as most church booklets are, depending on the feast day. But in our church, uh, many times people are sitting next to you and they start helping you. Mm-hmm. So uh, some people uh, choose just to come the first time and watch what happens. We have an icon screen in the front of our church in our uh, that. That is the entrance into the holy place. And then we have the nave of the church, and it looks um, Eastern, Eastern mm-hmm. tradition. So even just the opportunity to come to see our icons and then to attend a liturgy to um, to experience the God with us. God with us is the tenant of the Eastern Catholic Church. So we are surrounded by the saints. We're surrounded by, by the angels. So when we're praying, we're, we join in with all the saints, all the angels that we see around us. So just for that opportunity to feel surrounded. Is your attendance... Now going up, now that the pandemic is over, I know a lot of churches are still struggling to get people back into the pews. How about your church? Well, it sometimes depends on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes we'd like to think, yes, as we're really getting there. And then the next Sunday we aren't. <laughs> so okay. yes, yes, we're working on it. Yeah, a lot of the churches just, people just have gotten in the habit of not coming. I mean, uh, I had a priest tell me one time our church has so many different exit ramps where people are leaving. And I think the pandemic was a big, easy exit mm-hmm. ramp because I talked to so many people that I run into when I talk about, you know, what I do at the radio station. And they say, yeah, I, I was going to church every week before the pandemic, but we really haven't come back yet. And I said, well, the doors are open. We have plenty of room. Come on back. Right. So, and what, and I just want to go back to that surrounding. That's what I felt was sitting at home and watching it on television was attending church, going to church. I always feel we use the wrong word choice. We say we go to church and that means you go and you sit and watch. Mm-hmm. I think we should say that we're going, we're praying in church. We're praying on Sunday at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to church at eight o'clock. And I felt that when I went back into our church after the pandemic, I felt that at home, I watched it happen and our church through incense. We have incense. We have a lot of candles. We have all the senses are Mm -hmm. affected. And that's the part of the church that the whole body is involved. We we do not genuflect. We cross ourselves and bow in front of the icons. That opportunity to become one with Christ doesn't happen at home. At home, we watch television. <laughs> well, before we finish, you need to promise me you're going to come back again, okay? Oh, because our time thank is you. our time is up, so we're <laughs> going to have to we'll have to cut it off right there, but I want to thank Marie Nestor from St. Anne Byzantine Church for spending some time with us here at Holy Family Radio. I want to say also thank you to all for listening to Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Abistinsky. Please listen again. Thank you. Thank you, Joe.